Radio Tiny House is on the air. Our shed home has been shared more than one million times on the internet. Kind of cool, but kind of weird too. Anyway, welcome to the show. Welcome to Radio Tiny House. I'm Barry Smith. And I'm Beth. And we hope you're having a great day. We're in the having cool mornings here. It's amazing. It's awesome. Here we are June 1st, and we're only going to be in the mid-70s today. And in the South, that's something to celebrate. That's a blessing for sure. And and some are like some people are like, let's let it warm up. I'm like, please don't say that. Let's just let it stay cool because right. we have a lot hot, long, hot summer to get through. Yeah, I already have some friends that are complaining that it's it's just too chilly for this time of year, and I'm like, no. don't say that. Don't say that because August will be here soon enough, yeah, and, and it will be a hundred degrees and a hundred percent humidity. And we're going to the beach, and if it's chilly at the beach, I'll live with it. Right, I'd rather be a little. I'd rather have chilly mornings at the beach and nice afternoons and evenings than for it to be 5,000 degrees right. and everybody's getting grumpy and, and trying to have a good time. And, <laughs> and that would be me when you say everybody. And, well, everybody's only, getting grumpy. You're generally grumpy. only grumpy when you're hangry. No, no, no. We have the five degrees of comfort that we oh, always talk true. about that I that's also have. That's true. Beth does so have five degrees of too comfort. Too hot. I can't I, which stand Which would be a it. great book. I, there's got to be other people out there that are like that. We could do a case studies on all of them. Can't be too cold. Can't be too hot. You know, I try not to be high maintenance, but this is one thing that where I have to draw the line. That's exactly right. That's why we don't live in Norway. Right. <laughs> Or Wyoming. <laughs> or Wyoming, yes. Or any place that doesn't have a, an ability for me to have five degrees of comfort. Right. That's exactly right. It's, um, uh, But you don't have five degrees. Well, you have five degrees of comfort here because we air condition and heat. Yes. But, um, I mean, you, I have to how, control what my were you environment. Like when you were a kid? Because when we were kids, we had one of those giant... I laid in front of the fan and made fan noises. Oh, uh, we, we had <laughs> one of those giant universe-sucking-in attic fans. Yeah, we didn't have one of those. That I just laid in, the fan when it's hot, in front of the fan when it's hot. Now, you could, you could, those things were meant to fly houses, I, I'm yes. pretty sure. If of course, our children foundation. and our grandchildren have no idea what the laying in front of the fan making fan noises is. About, that's, but we are dating. That's ourselves. right. So today we're going to talk about the ten things that we just like that right in there. Ten <laughs> things we hate about rural living. Yes. And hate's kind of a strong word. Dislike might be better. I don't know. No, we'll go with hate. We'll go with hate. Okay, because it, it you know hate gets clickbait. Yeah. How about uh, that? Okay. So anyway, ten things we hate about rural living. We've numbered these, so uh, follow along. Uh, number we'll, one. We'll try to stay in order. We'll try to stay in order. We may confuse you and do one out of order. Uh, or ourselves. Or, yes, we may get confused do one ourselves. Out of order. But since we've got a couple of monitors here with it pulled up on it, hopefully we, we won't should stay in line. mess up. Number we 10. Will, no. We will try. Okay. We could have done the David Letterman backwards Backwards counting. thing. We yeah. should have done that. Yeah, but we could have okay. done that. So number one thing we hate in about. In random order. You want me to do them in random order? No, no, order? no, 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 no. I'm saying our ten things are in random order. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We we didn't we didn't uh, go through it and like, weight these at all. Right. Uh, but we we, we just, brainstormed we them. brainstormed them in this order. Right. Which may be frightening or it may be a good thing. I don't know. So number one, lack of contractors when building. Yes. Um, when we built our tiny house, one. There was not much going on because it was like at the end of the recession. But when tiny house, so but we somewhere in there we started to feel the pressures of a big building project that was going on south of us, and right. everybody was driving into the city to go do projects. And so we we did have a crew that was dedicated that kind of finished that house. Right. But 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 by the time we started to do tiny house two, we were tired. And so we decided we wanted to get a tough shed, and then our tough shed went viral, blah, blah, and that was great. It was much easier to have somebody the else come in and do, do frame it up and do all that kind of stuff than, than we did with some of our framing and some of the experimental like framing that went on. Stuff, and yeah. it, was, it, was, it was a little was wonky. Hard. Anyway, so but Tiny House 2, once we had the tough shed started, that's when we really started having problems getting contractors. Right, because the building boom had, had started again. And um, there was a massive project going on just south of us that was one of these um, office, live, work, play kind of place and shop. Yeah. Expensive, and, too. Yes. And it's uh, great restaurants, nice shops. Uh, we haven't been to the hotel there. But anyway, um, it took up all of the from North Georgia and probably from Middle Georgia and <laughs> it Alabama. Like sucked and, it all there. Yeah, it just pulled every. It was like a giant black hole for contractors. Right. It just sucked everybody into it. 
And so we had a hard time finding. We had the, our, uh, the plumbers and electrician that helped with Tiny House 1 uh, started Tiny House 2, and then they went off to do something else. Well, and that they There were some went, other issues there, but we're not going to yeah, talk about that. They went away. Let's they went just away. say that. Uh, and then, so it took <laughs> That's us, a kind way to say it. It took us a while to find yes, a new, new plumber and, and new electricians because they were all... Everybody was busy building this massive right. project and that also do, included a, a brand new neighborhood. Right. So Right. So we don't do plumbing, we don't do electrical, and we don't do roofs because we're not going to kill ourselves. Don't do gas. Don't do gas, for sure, because we have a friend who did gas and has great stories to tell about right. the whoosh yes, of indeed. gas. Well, so I, we don't do that. I have a great story to tell about electrical, but we'll go into that later. Later. It was shocking. Right. It was shocking. <laughs> that was good. Thank All you. right. So um, it, make sure, I mean, if you're, if you're building, one of the issues you might have in your rural setting is you're, you're probably going to find a million handymen, uh, persons, people. People. People who call themselves handy. They can say, oh, yeah, I can frame a house, no problem. And then you get out there, and there are all kinds of problems. So, Well, and in our county, we had to have, as owner-builders, contractors, we had to provide licensed subcontractors to work for us because we built our tiny houses to code in our area. So if you you don't care about building to code... I mean, you know, you can do whatever, kind of. Your five-year-old kid with a hammer can help you. Right. But right. um, but we had to build the code. So if you if you live in a county where you have to, or a city where you have to build the code, yep, then you'll have to do certain things, and those people might be hard to find. So just know that going into it. Yeah, that was a big pain in our neck. Contractors uh, might be hard to find. We tried to get drywall. Just to, for instance, we tried to get drywall, and the guy's like, "I don't really want to do it, but if I do it, it's going to be minimum five thousand dollars." We're like, "It's only seven hundred square feet, right? Seven hundred sixty-eight square feet." Um, and so yeah. That's yeah, just so, one example uh, of what. So we finally found somebody who did it for like $1,500. Right, which was probably what the real value of the project right. was. But somebody was... Um, I Not mean, interested. I mean, you know, they weren't interested because it was a small project. Right. And now we have, and, and just south of us again, we have builders that are not building a house unless it's $500 a square foot. You betcha. So um, that happens. It happens. So Especially when... Things like COVID drive the building boom crazy, yes. which we still can't understand yes. quite, but that's okay. Um, number two thing we hate about uh, living rurally is access to the grid. And go ahead. Well, so we had um, a little driveway on our property, <clears throat> excuse me, that gives us easement to the back. And that's another whole <clears throat> conversation. We should do a whole podcast about easement and the challenges of that. Right. But because there's our, nothing easy no, about easement. No, there is nothing easy about easement. <laughs> it just made our property cheaper. Right. I guess. But anyway, um, but on the one positive was that we already had a power running right by our property, two houses behind us. Right. So it was easy for us to have access to the grid. Um, and I mean, the grid is all kinds of things like it's the power, it's internet, it's, you know, if when you think Utilities, about living off water. grid, it's yeah, all those things. But anyway, but for us to have power, it was e- pretty easy for us, but there were many people, like there's a lady that I was trying to help who lives in the county south of us. And she was having a terrible time getting access to the grid because her power company, and there are, you know, you might have a big power company in your area, might have several rural what do EMCs. they call those? EMCs, yeah. Um, so her local EMC was going to charge her $3,500 to take power to her house and then like a $3,500 hookup fee. So just to get access to power to plug in something was going to be $7,000. And sadly, she had to have that because they wouldn't let her live with solar. Right. So some of those can be challenging. So if you're looking at a rural area, you need to make sure you understand how much it's going to cost to get electric to your property and or if you have to have it right or right, if you want if, to do solar if you have a driveway that's a mile long right and there no there there's no access to power it's going to cost you some money uh, some probably. money to get power to your house right but and then some codes require that you actually have power to live in your house so just make sure you do your research about access to the grid but that is one of the things that's a real problem for us it wasn't too much of one but i see people Every day that are struggling with how do I plug in my, you know, a right. plug how, in yes. my house. Yes. Now, so I'm going to give, uh, and I just thought of this, a 2A to that. Okay. To so maybe this is a bonus. 
Uh, <laughs> it's it's less about access to the grid and it's more about controlling the grid. Because you brought up a good point that just south of us, they wouldn't allow a woman to have solar power as her main power, uh, power source. Um, I don't know why. Because solar power, everybody's pushing solar power right now. Well, you know, there was this big story in Florida, just to divert a little bit, about some woman who had disconnected herself from power right. in the subdivision. And they, like, condemned her home they because did, yeah. she didn't have access to power. So, I mean, you know, you just kind of have to be careful. It's now, a little crazy out there. Now, it's funny. In, in building code in Georgia, unless it's changed, but when we were building our house, we had to have a source of heat. Yes. Uh, and we had we had to have a floor of some type. It could be concrete. It could be wood. It could be dirt. There are no restrictions. Of, there were no restrictions. I can't talk. Restrictions about having a dirt floor in Georgia. Yeah. Our inspector actually joked about that to us because yes. I was so anal about making sure everything met inspection. And he said, Beth, if everybody worked like this, you know, we'd, my life would be easy. But then he made the joke about... Well, you're doing all this, but you could have a dirt floor. Right. So I don't know if that's still true. That was several years ago. But. Yeah, that was that was before they updated the, the codes code. here. But so it, the frustrating part about rural living also is that there are sometimes rules you just have to follow. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm not a, a really hard advocate of this, but I think if you live on, if you own your own property and you live rurally enough, and I'm talking about way out in the, you know, uh, Nebraska, Idaho, Wyoming, places where you, your neighbors are miles away. If, if you want to have solar power or wind power on your property, or if you've got a, a stream that runs through your property and you want to do hydropower, you should have the right to do that. Well, I mean, That's I, just my... I, I can see where it's a problem in subdivisions, if you I will. I agree. But, you know, where we live, which is, you know, we live on acreage, I agree. I think we should be able to do more of what we want, except when it impinges our neighbors. But that's another whole conversation. People are like, I should be able to build anything I want on my house. But yes, I don't want a chicken processing plant right beside me. Right. I don't want a junkyard full of mice and rats. We're already dealing with a mouse problem in our barn. I sure don't want... Thanks a, to the chickens. Thanks to the chickens. Uh, and we do have a mouse or cat that we're going to probably employ. But uh, anyway, so, uh, you know, access to the grid, we're a little off topic, but access to the grid is important. I mean, if you, unless you decide to do solar. And and unless you're, um, I mean, you can do solar, but then there's the whole, you know, is it, is it legal in my area? And then, you know, conscientiously, I love the idea of solar, but I am very concerned about uh, the- What happens with all the- The batteries, yep. and nobody's really figured out the whole recycling. They're just, we, they're just warehousing them right now, and we've been burying wind turbines, and we've been burying something else in salt mines. Can't remember what that was. Oh, nuclear power, fuel rods. So, and now we've decided to warehouse dead lithium batteries. I don't know yet. So solar is problematic. Right. I, although I'm an advocate, I just don't know if everybody's figured all that out. Anyway, access to the grid can be hard and it can be expensive. And that's something we hate about the process of people getting into places that may have these real challenges right. that they're not aware of. And with electric cars, we literally put the cart before the horse. Because yeah. we don't know. I mean, they're just, uh, Volkswagen uh, is just getting to the point where they're looking at how they're going to recycle all their batteries. Right. Uh, because these batteries have a time limit and then they've got to come out. And that, of course, is one of the downsides of, yeah. of, of, of electric cars is that you've got to and replace you your battery want, every so you often. You want an electric truck i do to I want, plug into the house so there's that but i anyway. do want the uh, the new f-150 lightning that's uh that's an awesome vehicle i, I don't know how i would recycle the batteries but there's got to be when a way the battery dies and it costs twenty thousand dollars to replace then the car's not worth it right and that's so, a big problem anyway off, yeah so off and, and how do you trade in an electric car with a dead battery yeah uh, you don't even drive i don't it there. know i don't know so uh <laughs> reason three that we uh, 10 things we hate about rural living is roads driveways and repairs Yes. So the roads, let's just talk about that real quickly. We live on an interesting road that are off of an interesting road that is maybe a lane and a half wide. Yeah, very skinny, narrow the, country lane. The, 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 the county got money to build roads with, and then the road builder they hired technically. So I think the county did that on purpose. I, I thought it was they, the road builder. I think builder. they wanted to stretch their dollars. Their dollars as so far they, as possible. So instead of building two 
lanes of what you'd have, you know, in a subdivision or going even a rural country road. It ours is one and a half, maybe one and a quarter. So as you're driving down the road and somebody's coming this way, both people have to pull avoid over each other off the road a little bit, which so, is kind of cool in the sense it keeps traffic um, right. speeds down. Right. Yes, it does. And then we have, if our neighbor is listening, we have a neighbor that kind of drifts out from his yard into the road because he's got a lot of cars. Right. And I tease him about it. But, um, you know, so that narrows that and everybody has to kind of work around that. But again, it keeps the traffic uh, speed down. But, you know, access to roads. And, and when you live in a subdivision, you never even think about the road that's in your subdivision. Unless right. it's got a pothole or something, you're complaining about it. But you just drive on them. But when you get in a rural setting and you're ta- your roads become a very different conversation because we, although we call it a driveway, it has access to people behind us right. and it functions as a road and it's a pain in the neck to keep up. And it's also expensive to keep up because right. this is the second time we've done something to it. Right. Right. And third, we've added, actually. Or third. Did we? So this is the third time we've had to do something to it. And every time it's several hundred dollars. This time it was way more than several hundred dollars. It was a thousand. It was like fifteen hundred dollars to have it graded, more gravel put down. And honestly, I wish we had done a little bit more. So that you don't even think about that when you're living somewhere else. No, but when you're thinking we're living rurally, it becomes your problem. Right. And our our driveway has a uh, slight like a downhill slope. Right. And so when it rains and we Things start we, washing we, away, we sometimes have nice soft rains here, but more more often than not, we have They're downpours. Gully washers. And so the yeah, I mean you can you can watch. And watch the gravel slowly go down the driveway, and the mud goes <laughs> down. And the money you just and, spent drive, like, drifting off the driveway. Yep. So we had we had developed a big hole, which was I, I was reluctant to have them grade that because it was acting like a speed break for our neighbors who like to speed up and down our driveway. Right. But um, it's so much smoother now. It looks good. Yeah, it feels really good. nice to drive on. But it took forever to be able to find the the gravel and the people in our area that could yeah, do it. Yeah, I hope you kept that guy's number in your phone. I, I, well, yeah, I do. But he was also, I do have it in my phone, but I also know how he was referred to us because he was referred to us by a, a neighbor of ours who's a, a building contractor right. and he uses him. But, you know, rather than putting gravel down this time, we put road base down and they did whatever they did to do to, to tamp it down a little bit. So that should theoretically last us. We hope. Hopefully longer than the would we put. But down in last a couple time? of three years, we're gonna have to do it again. I'm. Oh, we put Crusher Run. Crusher is what they run, called it, it, and yeah. this is road base. I don't know if it's gonna be any different, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll so see. just know that for for your driveways, if you've got a gravel driveway, um, I heard that <laughs> gravel driveway. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Yeah, that. I didn't know if you realized that it you may did. wash away. Um, don't edit that out. I probably won't. I, I, you know, I like natural stuff and people people that do this get tongue-tied and it shouldn't be perfect <laughs> because I want to encourage other people to go out and start podcasting if they've got something to say and I don't want them to have this fear that they have to be, be perfect. perfect. I know. So anyway, um, now we could also do an outtake reel because we do have a couple of good outtakes. Yeah, we do. Anyway, just know that it's going to cost you money and time and that you may have to wait to find a you know a company that can come out to your area that's willing to drive out to you. I mean, we had a guy just north of us that's like twenty miles from us. And I said, and his driveway, I mean, his gravel prices were great. And I said, can you come to Delonica? And he said, nope, that's too far, twenty yeah. miles away. Yeah, and I'll take out that city yeah. name. All right, so let's uh, talked about number four. Number four is no power. Means often means no water, and no water means death. Exactly. <laughs> so we watch um, Homestead Rescue because yes. we find that fascinating. And Marty Rainey, the guy that's on Homestead Rescue, says uh, that a home, no water in a homestead means no homestead or right, something. He right. says it more graphically than that. But it's true. If you don't have water, you really will struggle. So, I mean, there's many ways to get it. We chose to get a well. Right. Um, well, we had to get a well or we could have collected rainwater. But I don't even think in our county would let us. I think we have to have a well because you have to have an inspection to make sure your water is working and you have to get... Well, like, yes. I mean, but we had to have a well because we didn't have county water out here. Exactly. But we couldn't have just done, you know, IBC containers no, and a big no. whatever. So, um, yeah, we had to have a well. And uh, um, Barry, 
Um, we Your didn't, husband? No, Barry. <laughs> we didn't know he was um, a number one rated dowser, right? I, so he I, I went, kept that hidden from Beth because I, I <laughs> I've tried to hire I, him I, out. I, I never had any use for it when we lived in subdivisions. <laughs> But I did used to go in the backyard and practice, you know. So he did not. I didn't. The, we had the well driller out, and he said, do you want a dowels? And we were like, okay, we don't know that we believe in that. And so uh, sure enough, I said, we'll let Barry do it. And sure enough, Barry got out there with his little dowels. The well driller had the dowsing rods. Right. And he went around and he found they crossed. The, what happens is they cross the stream like Ghostbusters. <laughs> right. When there's, <laughs> don't cross um, the streams. <laughs> when there's water. <laughs> And so in the back of the property, he found one and then came up closer, kind of up on the hill, and it did it again. And, he, and Barry's like, yeah, I think this is the right place, and I think we'll hit water at 150 feet. And, oh, my gosh, that's exactly what happened. Yep. So I, I've threatened to hire him out. but We, we hit water right where a, I said. We and, a Dowser website. Yes, Barry Smith, and, Dowser. <laughs> We'll come to and, you and find water well, and tell you exactly the depth you're going to find it. And being a dowser is better than being a doozer, which was on Fraggle Rock. But that's, that's, a, that's a different thing that's altogether. A different thing. Um, but, yeah, it was fascinating to me. I still don't know how that works. I but, don't either. Um, you're going to have to have water somehow. And well drilling can be expensive. Now, we, were a, we went down to 200 feet. I think we paid so we like a $10 a, a foot. foot. And I saw the other day that it's uh, there's a guy up here that's now charging thirty five dollars a foot. Wow! So it, and it may be more or less in your area. I don't know if you live in some place like California, it's probably going to be way more. I but, yeah, but probably. just be prepared that um, there are upfront costs. Obviously, there it's are. harder to just get in this than start walk like turn on things because right. there's no thing no things to turn on, and that's. You know, I think that's really challenging for folks. They don't really realize how much upfront costs. Luckily, we had the ability to pay that as we went. I was working a pretty decent corporate job. Well, financially decent. It was a crazy job, but um, yeah, it was not a yes. It was a crazy job, that's a but thing altogether. It, yeah. Uh, and they, they believe me, I worked for every penny I got. But uh, we had the income to be able to do it. But all I think it surprises a lot of people. But again, no water, no homestead oh, no, no that's house right no house no homestead no no plants no, no animals no death. yep so yeah so just know that going into it i mean and i think a lot of times when people um and we'll we'll get to to this uh in a little while as well but uh, you know there's a list of things that we didn't do on house number one uh-huh. uh, i mean you know we didn't think about certain things that for house number two we did think about and uh, you know, water we did think about because we knew we were going to have to have a well. Everyone around us had a well. And the, septic. The lady that owned the property before said we wouldn't be able to hit water. What we'd have to drill well, down to five hundred feet. Well, she didn't know about dowsing abilities. That's, did that's she? for sure. But um, she also didn't want us to buy the property. But right, and she also has a bad well. She, yeah, she, she did have a bad you. well. Um, so you know, if you need me to come douse for you, a thousand dollars an I'm hour. Cheap, but I can't be had. Uh, <laughs> But, um, uh, you know, it's uh, water's the most important thing on your property. Yeah. For so many reasons. So many reasons. You have to have decent water supply. Yes. So, and right now they've just run county water out, I think, because they're looking to develop that. We think they're going to develop a parcel of land that we don't want them to develop, but also they're now fire hydrants near our property, which weren't before. So I, we actually should report that to our insurance agent uh, company. Yes. That might make a difference. That might. Anyway, um, so going on, number so five. Number, yeah, number five. Redu- well, now this is more tiny, small shed house living than rural. But, but it kind of goes along with what we do. Yeah, it kind of goes along with what we do is reduced privacy. So we've got two houses on our property. We have, and they're small houses. Right. They're shed, and our, they're, one's our a daughter shed lives home. in one, and we live in the other right. one. one. One is a tiny house. Um, and our, you know, we're very conscious of, of being in each other's space. Right. Um, our grandkids come over every day, and uh, that's always a good thing. I always have a good time with them, but sometimes it's just unannounced. And sometimes it's like, we're walking out the door to go do something else and they want to be with us. But I was thinking more along the lines of for a, as a couple, as, as a couple, we have no space. Well, we do, but it, it, it a lot of times you have no space to get away from each other. Um, 
And I know that there are times that I frustrate Beth, and I know that there are times that she frustrates me where we just want to go, you know what, I'm going somewhere else. Um, now, we have, we've got the Shawfus Right. Up and here. I, I mean, honestly, for us, that was important for, I mean, we got this building because I was working corporate and we were in the middle of building a house and I had to be able to work. Right. And then we decided to keep it because, but it was probably way bigger than we needed for my office, but we were storing some stuff in it and whatever and transitioning. So um, we were going to send it back. And then we're like, we were, we were just renting it. Then we're like, well, this is a pretty good thing to have. So we kept it. And honestly, we have some stuff in it, Christmas stuff and whatever. Uh, we're trying to get it finished so we can take some after pictures of our shelfus. Right. Because it's a project that's endless because we're busy doing lots of things. But anyway, um, so yeah, when Barry gets tired of all the noise and all of the stuff going on in the tiny house, he comes up here. Um, I'm starting to do that now, too, because we now have more. His He's in the back under the loft and I'm in the front now, basically. Um, but of course, if we're trying to get away from each other, we're not both coming up at the same time. No. One of us is going to be uh, up and one down. Um, but you know, we've had homeschooling, we've had COVID, we've had lots of things happening in a very tight space. So having a, a way to relieve some of that. Now, if it's, I mean, you can always go outside, right? right? But it gets hot and cold and rainy and you don't want to go outside all five, the time. Five degrees of five comfort. Five degrees of comfort. And I'm not standing outside in the rain because I'm mad at you. <laughs> So it's nice to have an extra space. So if if you can and you decide to live rurally and tiny, I cannot recommend enough that you have like a she shed or a he shed or right. a workshop or, or you, something or else you that's have small a, um, and inexpensive. I mean, it's not doesn't it's not going to cost you the same per square foot as right. a house. A grain bin barn with a TV in it. I mean, go something. something. Have, have some way to get away from each other. Right. I think if you can. Yes, I think that's that's an important thing. Yep. Uh, especially this past year when everybody was, I mean, most households we had everybody inside. living up on, on top of each other. Yeah. So anyway, so there there can be uh, reduced privacy. Um, no, there, there will, will be, be reduced, reduced privacy, privacy if you're living in a tiny house. Um, or even if you're living in a rural property that has a big giant farmhouse, there can be lack of privacy if everybody's always in the house. So yeah, uh, just be prepared for that um, because you don't want to, ruin your relationship. Um, number six, lack of access to goods and services. Yeah. I mean, we know that we had until recently, we, well, we had one grocery store and we still do in our town, Walmart, right? right. Which is, I mean, you know, Walmart's Walmart, but they, there are things that we want that they don't have. And we moved from a place where there was everything. So you go to a different grocery store if you like it. Now, Near us, about 15 miles away, 12 miles away, whatever it is, there's a whole new, it's exploded, and there's a whole new town, a section of town, that has every chain you could imagine. And so if we need anything that we our little town can't offer, we pop down there. Right. And honestly, it's on our way to the city, so it's easy to pop through. Um, so we do use that, but, the, but if you're thinking about living rurally, you know, you have to be really aware you can't go to... Like for us, we have a few restaurants near us or chains well, in right. the other one. So there's restaurants are, are limited. You're, you know, things to stimulate you and things to go do. And, you know, those things are far, farther away and less plentiful. A theater, the star, uh, Starbucks, um, uh, Dunkin' Donuts, any place you might go that. To, that to, and we entertain to, ourselves by eating out and going to things. Often we right? do, yes. that's what That's why restaurants are so popular. It's entertainment, not just eating. Right. So, you know, if you get a little bored with what you got and, in your little town. And here we're, we're, I mean, we're honestly, we could drive to Atlanta right. and be there in an hour and a half. Well, uh, Atlanta traffic, maybe three hours. No. Um, well, no, but I mean, you get to real, like different kinds of things. We can do that in less than an hour. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But um, you can't do that if you live in like. Way away. Way away. In the middle of my, one of my favorite places in the country is Dubois, Wyoming. But to get. To Walmart, you have to drive seventy miles yeah, to the closest I don't Walmart. Yeah, live like that. So, but so, there are many people that live tiny that are comfortable doing exactly that. Exactly right. But remember, if you're thinking about it, you're not going to have the same the things. same things. Right now, if you get Amazon Prime, that's. I mean, we are Amazon Prime folks, yep. and it's easy trick, by the way, to just hit the button and things keep appearing. And if you're living tiny, then you have that problem. <laughs> like, oh, we. It's the magic it's button. It's the magic button. Oh yeah, hit hit by now, but um. 
we also have friends that live in Hawaii, and they were telling us about, you know, they've got one. They live in Kona, Yeah, right? they, ha- they have two Walmarts. And, right. But, one on one side of the island and one right, on the other. Right, but if you're out of toilet paper at Walmart, you have to wait for a boat to show up. Right. So, I mean, there's so there's all that, too. And Hawaii sounds like, you know, paradise, but well, the, the, the there's boat, that The challenge. boat is bringing the supply of uh, toilet paper. It's not there to do something else. I have no idea what that means. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Nothing. Uh, okay. You know, some people will get it. Some people won't get it. Okay. I don't know what that was about. I may have to edit out it's, all that out. Not, I, don't know, I don't know what that was about. I know what it was about. If you want to edit that out, that's fine. Okay. But right. uh, but yeah, so Hawaii has, um, I mean, they're only supplied by plane or boat. Right. So if you're out of it, you're out of it, whether it's toilet paper or ketchup or... Um, cake mix. Poi. Well, I guess you could make your own poi. Cake mix. Cake mix, yeah, whatever. And you're out of it. You're out of it. So, I mean, that applies to lots of places between where we are and Hawaii. But right. if you're out of it, you're out of it. So now, um, Hawaii is not technically rural, I guess, because well, yeah, there's there are a lot of there's rural, big cities. Most places and lots of it are uninhabited. Well, there, there are some rural areas, but it's uh, from a rural setting standpoint, it it does it's it's a good example of of supply problems. Right. You know, if there's a hurricane coming, I mean, uh, you you might not get. Look at the poor people in stuff. Texas. So Over yeah, exactly. Last winter. But anyway. So number seven that we things that we hate about rural living, hidden crime. Right. So you move to rural living, you move to rural setting and you think there's not going to be any crime. And then you find out there is there crime. Is. Now, it's sometimes it's funny crime. A friend of mine was reading our oh. local newspaper crime beat and we were just laughing over the crazy things. And almost at the end of every one of these reports, we were like, you know, somebody got mad at somebody or whatever. And at the bottom it says the the person was arrested. Right. You know, that's how they resolved it. The person was arrested. Um, but then there's also, you know, you feel really safe because you're in a rural setting, but then you know that around, you hear from around the corner, there was a meth lab. There's somebody growing marijuana. I, don't get me wrong. If you want to grow, grow marijuana, that's fine. But if it's illegal, that's a problem. Um, there's a lot of stolen tools in our area. Right. Breaking into barns or like, our, so we started locking, you know, our stuff. Uh, particularly up here where we have some electronics and things. But um, well, also we have, we have cameras and we are watching um, and trying to make sure. We also have a dog that barks at anything that moves. So there's that. Um, but, you know, you move to someplace you don't really think about crime because you think you're moving rurally. And sadly, there's crime everywhere. Right. And it's, uh, I mean, we had somebody uh, just, uh, and, and here's a rural term for you, just in the holler down from us, there was um, a whole family that was cooking meth. Cooking meth. And so, I mean, and that's uh, in rural areas. That's kind of the drug of choice because it's sad. Uh, it's it is sad, but it's it's less expensive than many other drugs. And terribly uh, terrible for people. But so people sad. people here have you know there are crimes where they're taking they break into your house and they're taking pills. But that happens in in urban and suburban areas as well. But that's also a big from from our sheriff here. That's a big thing is that the prescription pills being I didn't stolen. Know that. Yep, I didn't know that. All right, so then number eight. Yeah, it's just to be clear, it's prescription pain medication because nobody's going to steal my take antibiotics. Your antibiotics. Yeah, right. I mean that's that's crazy. Better so, lock up my antibiotics. So, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you got to keep that uh, penicillin safe. So um, number well, there may come a time when that happens. Who knows? Number eight, um, income can be hindered. It can be. It's hard to work rurally and make um, the kind of money that you need. So you're walking away from a lot of the reasons that people go tiny or live in a shed home is financial, right? Um, There's other reasons like we talked about, but but that could be a big driver is finance, Right. right? But you're walking away from potentially walking away from significant income to go live in a place with less overhead. But they can kind of, you know, you just kind of have to keep the balance right. Right. Now, clearly, if you were working from home, right, like I was, and I was able to keep my income up in that corporate job, then that made it easier for us to make right. the transition. Now, I have walked away from corporate and I'm, I do some freelancing, but on my terms. And I do, I will never do corporate I, again. In I, fact, when Barry said once I left, or we, I got downsized from 
And everybody that was over 50 something got downsized at this company in, the, in my department. And he said, are you going to go find another job? And I'm like, nope. nope. And he was a little shocked and worried about it. But we've been fine. Um, well, I wasn't less. I was less worried about it from a financial standpoint than I was from a um, just to kind of that's who you've always been. I that's mean, true. You, that was my identity. You, that was your identity for a long time. Um, and I will never be identified that I, way I, again. I got out. I no of, longer identify as corporate. I got out of, of healthcare years ago, and I would never go back to it. No, because it's just. No, it's not it just, fun anymore. No. And it's just a uh, no. Rules so and regulations many... have have made it a and the government interference. To be honest with you, have made it a pain. I don't. I, I government interference didn't have anything to do with my experience. It no, was all about yours. management. You, you, but you were. I was in hospitals. You were in healthcare. Health, uh, you were recruiting doctors, right, and nurses. Right. But um, yeah. So, so again, I do some freelancing, and that's great. Um, I come and go as I wish. But to do that as a full-time corporate-type VP of whatever, whatever, I know, not now, doing that anymore. On the plus side, one of the things that we've seen um, as a result of COVID is that more and more companies uh, allowed their employees to work from home. So right. if you work for somebody like that that will allow you to still work from home and you want to live rurally, then you've got, you've got a better chance of maintaining your income uh, than, you, than you would if... if you were commuting somewhere. Right. Um, and we're seeing that over and over again. But here's the tricky part about that is it's harder than potentially to replace that if something changes, like right. when I got downsized. Right. So anyway, that's can be a one that's one of the things we hate that rural living doesn't offer you the same level of income. Um but so just be aware. But you're choosing in, in many ways, you're choosing a better life than the, the daily commute. No, no, no. This is what we hate about it. Oh, I know. But Don't I was just saying the that. flip side of that. Okay, we're not we're not going to talk about the flip side of that. The good so side. That's what we hate about it. So right. there's just, there. it's your opportunity to continue earning at the same rate that you've been used to when you've been living in suburbia can be very limited. Can be. Good job. Thank All right. you. All right. Uh, limited access to healthcare is number nine. Number nine. Yeah. So um, we have, well, since we both were in healthcare, you have to understand that we're pretty picky about what kind of doctors have anything to do with us. Right. Right. And Barry came from a healthcare family. Um, his dad was a doctor and a, you know, well-known physician. So, um, so yes, we're really picky about who will give us healthcare. So we have a small hospital in our town. That's closed and opened and closed and opened. Struggled a little bit. <laughs> right. There's no, there's another neighboring uh, town that has a pretty good uh, ex- reputation. Um, so we do have, like, I went to the urgent care, broke my toe. I'm in a boot. It's kind of crazy. But we went there, no problem. So we do have access to, like, urgent care right. and things like that. But for specialists, we commute in to the big academic medical center where we feel comfortable needing if we want specialist care. Right. If we need anything more than primary care, kind of urgent care, we commute. And it's a pain in the neck. I usually take a 7 a.m. appointment, which means we get up and leave at like 5 o'clock or something by the time we're getting up and getting out because I don't want to run into, you know, the, the, the two-hour commute the... of the traffic. So, um, and that's often an easy commute uh, time to get a 7 a.m. Right. appointment. Um, and then I look at him and go, why are we doing this? But anyway, um, so it is, you do know that if you're looking, if you have specialist needs, then commuting into a big academic medical center or a big hospital where you feel comfortable with their care might be more a pain in the neck, right? Because you don't have those. And, and as a former physician recruiter, you mentioned that. Um, I know that the stars, physician stars, right are usually attracted to academic medical centers. Um, or so, to higher pay that they get in a city as well, opposed to a rural Not always setting. higher pay, or pay, but yes, depending on what their specialty is. But yes, but because particularly now as younger physicians are raised and are trained in cities, right? They're used to eating out and right. dining and whatever. So they are not really attracted to doing a rural health. Some are. Uh, thank goodness, but many of them are not. So, you know, you, if you need something like that, know that you're going to have to commute. Right. Yeah, and it's um, uh, I'm 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 pretty pe- picky 
from a healthcare standpoint. And our little hospital here um, is good if you have a minor emergency, something that's slightly yeah, above and- what urgent care uh, won't handle, but not major trauma. Uh, because if it's major trauma, well, a the ambulance isn't going to take you there. But if you if so, if your family member drives you there, they're just going to package you up and, and send, send you, to you somewhere, somewhere else. else. We call that package and ship. Yep. So anyway, it's um, yeah. Another good example is from Dubois, Wyoming. So we had uh, one of the times we were out at this wonderful guest ranch out there. We had to. Uh, well, they have a clinic there, but it's only staffed by nurses. By I think it was by a PA. It was a PA two two or three times a week, but the doctors are only out there like one or two times a week. And again, that may have changed by now. But um, our um, eldest granddaughter, when she we went out there, we took her out there when she was four, and she was just acting like a monster, and that was just not her personality. And so we had to drive 70 miles into Lander to go find a, the, the pediatrician. Right. Because there wasn't one in Dubois. So, right. So that can be challenging. It can be. So, But, but, they, but there again, that's just limited access to... To healthcare in in a lot of rural settings, so yep. you have to know that. So number ten, number ten, the bane of my existence. Ah, yes, especially when you're a YouTuber. Yep, lack of adequate internet. Yes, it's driving been us crazy. Terrible. It's still it's driving better. us crazy. Yeah, it drives us it drives us crazy. So this is on those li- that list of things that I was talking about earlier that you should look into when you're looking at rural mo- uh, yeah. l- rural living. Let me give you an example of what we did. Okay. We went, "Oh, here's Oh, look, look at all those cells we get. This is a great piece of property. Let's buy it." Right. Oops. I, I had since We the, did not figure we did not know the next part of that story. Right. Since the the time that fast internet came out. Now, I'm not going to I can't tell you how old Beth is because she won't let me. But she's uh, she's older than twenty four. She's thirty five. Um, What's that got we, to do with the internet? We have, well, I'm telling you, the dating, <laughs> I'm dating us. So when we first had internet, we had a dial up modem. And yeah, I mean we're was, we've always been early adopters. Yeah. So the minute something came out, we would get it. Right. And when that minute something the next thing came out, we would get it. But there are a lot of people out there, young people that that may not know what a dial-up modem is. People of our age will go, "Oh man, I remember those things." Uh, but the 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 last three moves we had made, uh, we had fast internet in Louisiana. We had really fast. We had screaming internet in Tacoma, Washington. And then we moved back to the Atlanta area, and we had, you know, 50 megs per second, which was pretty good speed. And I, I didn't think... We, and that, and that, then we didn't even really need that much streaming because people weren't doing the level right. of streaming. So that was way... So I just thought that was what internet was. Right. So we, we move up here, and I didn't give any th- second thought to the fact that mm-hmm. it, I knew there was internet here, and I thought, well, it'll be just like what we have at yeah, home. And we did had heard a few complaints about our internet provider, but I was like, oh, people complain about stuff. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. so we moved up here, and when we moved up here, we had three megs per second. I don't even know what our upload speed was. I don't either. Three megs was our download speed. And it's hard to do anything at three megs per second. It, it's it's you can so get email. slow. You can get an email. But if you stream anything, then you have tons lag. of buffering and lag, and it's just terrible. And so over time, they've bumped that up. We now get up to 50 download, which is great. And every time we hear that there might be something new coming, we're the first ones on the phone begging. Can yes. we get it? Can, Can we, we get, get it? Can, Can we, we get, get it? This? Yep. Yeah. They probably now, hate us by now. But our upload speeds are still abysmal. They're one, one or less. Sometimes they're as high as 1.8. But that still takes forever to upload a video uh, to YouTube seven, or like to... Any one of these podcasts will be seven hours right. to upload to YouTube. And then it quits because it, it times says... Out. It, it, yeah, it times out. So um, find out what you can get in your area. And it's... I mean, it's so bad that I I've, I sat down and wrote a report out about it. Well, that, and to, just to back up and say, we solved a lot of our problem by getting a 5G phone. Right. But we don't yet have as much 5G access as we'd like to. And now T-Mobile is coming up with something. We're excited to see about that. So we're we're always looking and questing for how can we get better internet internet service? Because if you're a YouTuber, 
you post on Instagram, if you want to have a Facebook group, that Facebook actually works pretty well. It does. Um, but we, we are really challenged with our internet here. Um, and if we had known better and had right. been aware had, had of Had we some not taken our phones and, and just said, oh, we've got good cell service here. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, but that was, that was an important, in many ways, that's more important than the internet because you well, have to... it depends to, on what you want to do. It depends on what you want to do. Well, and now we've got grandkids who want to stream and game and, you know, it's, uh, it's just a totally different world right. as far as internet. So, And right now there's no real single solution that's any good. We've tried. Our internet was so bad that I said, forget this. We're going to go with satellite. And we oh, went and with, that was just a we miserable went with a satellite provider. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but it's one of the only two big ones in the country it right now. It was miserable, and it begins with an H. It was yeah. awful. It was terrible. Um, you get great speeds for four days out of the month, and then they throttle you big time so that you can't you can't. Well, I don't even I don't even remember the big streaming speeds. You can't stream anything. So right. it was it was terrible. Um, so I begged Barry for our listeners to come up with some strategies that we've applied and tried and whatever. And he's written a report. Yeah, I have. I've written a report that looks at everything from um, your local ISP to um, internet to service provider. Yeah, internet service provider to satellite internet to five uh, G uh, to the little five G antennas that you can get that you can hook up. Uh, to your to a five G router to sat to new satellite, not like the the big huge things you've got, but Starlink. Right. And uh, to me, and I'm not uh, you know you can't invest in Starlink or Tesla yet, which is sad because I would have done that a long time ago. But I think Starlink and that type of thing is the way to go. Right. Eventually. So clearly, we haven't solved it, but we kind of wanted to share with you some of the strategies that we've used. Now, clearly. You know, if you're not a YouTuber, right, or you don't have to upload stuff, right. you might be able to be fine with what you have. But knowing what you want to do, especially if you're working from home and you have a database you have to run, you have to have certain speeds. Right. Like there was a time when I thought I might teach um, English to Chinese, English to Chinese kids. children, right? VIP Kids is one of the big companies that hires. And they do a really extensive test of your internet. And we wouldn't pass. Right. You couldn't pass. So if you're thinking you might want to do that, you really need to be aware of some of the strategies that you can apply to make your internet work from home. So you can work from home, so you can do videos, what, streaming, if you've got kids who love gaming, all those kind of things. So that's what Barry's including in this report. Right. And how and, to get better, to start off better than we did. And for me, for a voice actor, I had some some a client that wanted to um, they were going to patch me in basically to um, a recording studio. Right. And uh, our upload speed wasn't high enough to be able to do that. So when I used the, the, the 5G, it was high enough to do that. And that project's been put on hold for some other reasons. I can't say why. Right. Um, but um, Had nothing to do with had, you. Had nothing to do with me. But that's just another thing. If, if you're trying to do... Um, you know, if you're going to connect with somebody else somehow, whether it's a recording studio or a video studio or something, and you don't have good upload speeds, you just, you flat out can't do it. So, right. uh, but there are, there are coming up, there are ways around. Uh, if you'd like a copy of that report, send me an email at radiotinyhouse at gmail.com and um, we'll get that out to you. It's free. There's no charge to it yet. I might charge for it later on. If, if, if a bunch of people say, oh, this is great, then I might go, oh yeah, I'm going to start charging for this. Well, we work from home, right? Yes, we do work from home. So right now, uh, if you would like that, just let us know. You can even let us know if you're if you're a group member uh, of uh, Tiny Houses Shed Homes on Facebook, then you can let us know there also that you'd like that because we'll be airing this in that group too. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, I think that's pretty much it for today. But I do want to say, you know, we would love if you comment, if you have other ideas, please comment in the bottom. Uh, I, I manage the YouTube usually, and Barry manages the audio podcast because that's what we do. Um, but, you know, we try to watch our comments on YouTube. So if you have some ideas, certainly comment. Yep. If you would, we'd love to have you subscribe, uh, hit the bell for notifications because obviously we are trying to grow our channel. We've um, 
got a little sidetracked for the last month because we were trying to figure out some new technology. Um, but uh, we are um, determined to be consistent and put out our podcast right. once a week. And we are we are dedicated to helping you um, live the tiny house, shed home, yurt home, whatever it is you want to live, lifestyle that you want to have. Right. Um, so we're going so to be here to help you do that. And that's what our channel's basically about. Okay. Well, so, that being said. Wait, no. We're going to do one more thing. What because are we doing? You, you said the other day we didn't do this. Um, pandemic shortages. Weird pandemic oh, shortages. Oh, yeah. You we said talked that about was doing great. that. So here, here's weird pandemic shortage for this week. I, I just read about this yesterday, and it's kind of appropriate because of, of what just happened with Colonial Pipeline just a couple of weeks ago, is... Uh, gasoline shortages are still happening around our country. But interestingly enough, it's not because of Colonial Pipeline. It's because there's not enough drivers. There aren't enough fuel truck drivers to go out and deliver to all the gas stations. That, so that where did they serviced. go? Well, they uh, they didn't have a job during COVID, so many of them left, and may, they may still be at home, or they may have gotten other driving jobs. Interesting, but there's just a shortage of. of well, I fuel my truck theory drivers. is once the whole unemployment thing gets back to normal, then people will start going back to work, right. and then they will we will start get, seeing this goods and services that right. we were used to have that we're used to having. Yes, and and gas won't be. Uh, I mean, I know summertime it always goes up around Memorial Days and holidays, but uh, I mean, yesterday we spent three dollars a gallon for gas, and I hadn't spent that in a long time for it. Yeah, so, lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. So anyway, that was the weird pandemic shortage of the of the week. Next cool. week we'll have another one. We're going to build it into the thing. We may do that before we do the ten things we. By the way, next week we're talking about ten things we love about rural living. Right. And if you if you really want an insight into what rural living can can be like and be good, then then you're going to enjoy that one. I think. Right. But well, we wanted to talk about you know the things we hate about it too. Well, there are some things that you have to look it's at. Not I mean, it's not perfect. So yeah. it's not. Uh, we can be Instagrammers and promise you that everything is perfect. Sadly, that's why I'm not terribly engaged on Instagram because it's all about perfect pictures in my mind. There's probably other people that look at it. But anyway, but we just want you to have both sides of this story. I do Instagram. I have a cigar channel and I just post like cigar pictures, cigar pictures and cigars and, and, in front and of no my new lawnmower. And no judgment because he smokes cigars, please. Oh, I don't smoke a lot. I mean, you know, I smoke occasionally. I like to smoke when I'm cutting the grass because it's just, uh, I love to cut the grass. Yeah. It's just a, a cool thing for me anyway. A lot of people hate it, but I absolutely love it. So anyway, that's it for today. Uh, find us at uh, RadioTinyHouse.com. You can find the podcast, Radio Tiny House, uh, at your favorite podcast platform. Send us an email at RadioTinyHouse at gmail.com. And I am more involved in our Tiny Houses Shed Homes Facebook group. Right. Um, Barry helps out too, but I'm more engaged there. So if you are a Facebooker, certainly you're welcome to find us our page, and that will lead you to our group. That's right. And we will uh, see you next week. Bye. Bye.